So today I'm really excited to have Daniel Kushner on the show. Daniel is a serial entrepreneur, B2B marketing expert, and currently the CEO of Octopost, which he started back in 2013. Octopost is a social media platform designed for B2B companies, and they recently raised $20 million in growth equity. Daniel, thanks for coming on. Gavin, it's all my pleasure. So I'm really keen to chat about sort of the tactics that B2B companies can use to scale their businesses. I'm also learn more about employee advocacy. But before we do, can you share about how you kind of started Octopost, like where the idea came from? Yeah, but mo- most definitely. And you know, I, you know, I love you know being you know, on on this uh, program with you because we really shared a very similar journey from different ends of the world, both in social media, uh, you know, so, and you know, you sold uh, Sendable, we you know, did our uh, round. So for me, it's kind of a, a some closure of, of a loop. I think this is the first time they're actually uh, speaking face to face. Although in the in the early days, we did exchange uh, emails and, and, and LinkedIn messages. Uh, so Octopost, you know, as you mentioned, we, we founded the company in 2013. And, and basically the need for a social media management platform for B2B came out of my previous role before Octopost, where I was VP marketing at a, another B2B organization called Nolio uh, that was eventually acquired by CA. And at Nolio, we were super heavy, heavy in content marketing, right? So and this was in the you know, early days, 2009, 2010, and, and social was in its uh, infancy. And content marketing was all about creating as much content as you can and pushing it out to all the various channels and, and basically this fishnet and, and trying to catch as much as you can. And we, we, we used to do the webinars and white papers and case studies and ebooks, and we saw it was generating a huge portion of the business. So this is enterprise DevOps solutions that they were selling to banks and telcos, and fifty to sixty percent of the of the revenue of the company originated from that inbound content uh, marketing. And from that fifty sixty percent, at least half of that originated from social media channels. So we're, we we had a webinar would mention it in a LinkedIn group and, and post it on Twitter and, 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 and talk about it and the employees would share it on, on, on their networks. And we saw it was really a huge channel for us in generating these net new leads that eventually turned into, into great revenue. So just like any good marketer, you look for technology that can help uh, streamline the process. You know, we had Salesforce, of course, on the, on the back end on the sales. Uh, we used to use Pardot, uh, switch to Marketo, uh, at some stage. And on social media, we started to look at what's out there because we, we knew that social was uh, providing the leads and, and helping to influence pipeline, but we couldn't measure it. And you know, this was the days of Hootsuite. They kind of had a million users back then and, 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 and Buffer was starting to, to create some noise. But what we found is that the social media management platforms that were developed, they weren't developed for B2B. Right. And, and, and they were developed for, for, for brands. And if you look at Buffer, maybe from the, the low end bloggers and solo entrepreneurs. And when it, when it comes to B2B, yes, at the end of the day, we're all posting to social. We're taking content, posting it to LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, et cetera, YouTube, Instagram. But on, on the B2B end, it's all about the metrics and understanding what I'm doing in marketing. How does it influence the business? And this is the numbers that CMOs and VP marketings, they need to report on. So I remember using that, that Martech stack that we had, using the marketing automation, using the CRM, 
almost every mountain activity was super easy to measure. You go to a trade show, you collect business cards, right? This was before you scan people. You take those business cards, you push them into CRM, and you know how much how much pipeline you have, how many opportunities, and how much one business. And you can understand, okay, I invested $100,000 on a trade show booth. This is how much pipeline, how much revenue I generated from that trade show. You used to pay you know, the gardeners and the foresters, 451 Research, all these analysts, tons of money to, to, to come and be on webinars and you know, help you with that, with that content. And you had the technology to know. You can use Pardot, Marketo, et cetera, Adequa, to know how many people registered, how many people attended, how much pipeline you generated, and how much one business. So the ROI of monthly activities, in general, it wasn't rocket science. And then you come to social media. And all of a sudden, the metrics are completely different. We're looking at uh, clicks and likes and retweets and shares and followers month over month. For a B2B organization, without being able to translate those metrics into real business value, and for us, real business value is how many leads am I generating? How is social influence in my pipeline? And things like that. It's, it's, you're basically blind to the channel. You know you need to do it. You know your audience is on, on social, but, but it's, it's, hard, it's hard to measure. And you know, we always like to say what you can't measure, you can't improve. And that was you know, 100% with social. So maybe I gave a long story there. Uh, but in, in, in essence, we, we, we saw that when we're looking at the market of social media management, yes, tools were starting to crop up. Uh, I mentioned a couple but nothing focused on that specific B2B need. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of that uh, 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 exit at, at, at Nodia that was sold to CA, uh, and that gave me the, the chance to, to basically build Octopus, to, to build you know, what I saw as a marketer was what was missing in the market. So how did you validate that, the, that kind of positioning the tool for B2B uh, would pay off, like that there was enough of a sort of market there? Uh, that, uh, that's an excellent question. You know, I think one, you know, we both, both Liad, my co-founder, and myself, we 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 knew the market, you know, pretty well because we are B two B marketers, uh, you know, at, at, at heart. Uh, and when we started to, to to build Octopost, you know, during the evolution and to get on those first customers and the alpha and the beta, and you know, even before we we, we had an, an official product, you know, pe- people were shocked. Right? This is you know. The first time ever you can do social media and report back to the business if it's generating revenue or not, right? You can understand if I have two content writers, Mary and Dave, who is producing better content on, on, on social, right? Maybe Mary, when she writes a tweet, you're getting so much more engagement and that engagement is, is turning into leads. And when Dave is writing content, maybe it's not as good, right? So it's not only you know, the ability to measure the social metrics, the clicks, retweets, and things like that, but to understand, is it really helping the business? And, and with the, the validation, it, it, it came, we, we didn't do enormous studies, like, you know, go and, you know, figure out what's your total addressable market. And, you know, we, we, we looked at adjacent technologies, right? So if we look at Marketo, right? Marketo is 90%, you know, give or take, B2B oriented. Right? And we go with the same market. And so if it's big enough for Marketo, it's, you know, we have some portion of that. Take Adequire is also B2B focused. And that's the market. Pardot is B2B focused. HubSpot is mostly B2B, maybe B2B in the, in the, in the, in the SMB range. So we, we looked at other technologies in the market and we understood that their audience 
is our audience, right? So if we take, you know, I mentioned like four market automation platforms, right? Edequa, Pardot, Marketo, and HubSpot, right? So if we take all of their addressable market, right? For Octopost, what's good for us is maybe 80%, right? And if our price is, is, uh, is comparable to, to their price, right? That's our market, right? So even if we're 20% of their price, We've got five of those, six of those, seven of those market automation companies. We get, we get to 100%. So maybe I hope I'm not complicating it too much. But that's how I envision it in my head, right? It's uh, instead of doing the study from scratch, we looked at what's out there and we kind of relied, okay, if it's good enough for them, most likely good enough for us. So I guess it's similar to when I started Sendable back in the day, as you said about kind of broadcasting or distributing content. And back then, people would click the links on Twitter or Facebook. You could track the links, you could track who clicked, you could access all the data. Just curious now, since obviously since 2013, things have changed quite a bit in social. It's harder to track the ROI on social media. How are you kind of bringing together all that, all those data points to help inform the sort of B2B sort of company that social media is, is actually paying off? Yeah. So when we look at social media, it's not only from the content perspective, but from the who perspective. And this is the, the, the biggest mindset or shift the paradigm shift between B2B and B2C. When, when, we'll take B2C brand, for example. So when Coca-Cola is tweeting something out, they don't care if Gavin is looking at the tweet or retweeting it or clicking on the link, right? They, they care about their reach, about the exposure, about the, the amplification of their, their, their message. When you're looking at a B2B organization, it's all about the, 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 the essence of marketing is all about leads right if i like really really dumb it down and when when somebody is engaging with a b2b brand on social what we have to understand and this is the problem that, that needs to be solved is what is the relationship between that person engaging on the brand social to the company right this could be someone the company has no idea who it is it could be a prospect that one of their account executives is working on it could be a customer right that's asking a question Right? Maybe you tweeted about a new product feature and they reply, great product feature, but I don't understand ABC. Right? So understanding who is engaging, not how many and like numbers, but the people that are engaging with your social, understanding what the relationship between those people is to your company, to your corporation, and then taking the right action. Right? So what's the right action? If this is a customer engaging, the CSM, or whoever's taking care of the account needs to be aware, right? This could be a support, it could be a praise, it could be a complaint. I don't know what it could be. If it's a, a prospect that's engaging, right? That that knowledge that I have a prospect in my CRM, in my Salesforce, in my Microsoft Dynamics, and that individual is engaging with my social, this is super helpful information for the account executive working that prospect, right? So it's it, it's tying the who from social. So the who within my existing databases that, that, that B2B organizations need to understand. That makes sense. I'm just wondering about like privacy, like data privacy, like how uh, you know, I've been through this where Facebook, for example, didn't disclose data anymore. Like who's actually responding to you. It's all like hidden information. Did that affect you at all? Like throughout this period, like where you were trying to solve this problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we definitely have to be super, uh, you know, with privacy, you know, at, at the front of whatever we design, whatever we provide, 
uh, you know, we're using APIs which are provided by all the, the, the social media networks. Uh, you know, we're doing everything that we can to make sure that we abide by any rules and regulations. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's not only the networks themselves, but our customers, right? They, they, they have stricter, stricter, you know, requirements or needs than the social networks, right? Because these are huge corporations and they don't want to take any risk. Uh, you know, I think at the, the, the end of the day, you know, because we're, we're dealing with one B2B, right? So it's, let's say, mature real businesses, right? That, that, you know, need to keep the name for themselves, right? They're not going to do like fishy business or, you know, gray, gray area stuff, right? They, they want to stay compliant. They have all these security teams and GDPR and they want to make sure that they're okay. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is, we're, we're processing their data. Right. You know, they, they, you know, anybody can go or, or the, the Facebook admin can see who's commenting on their content. Right. They can see, oh, John commented on this post and they ask a question. Let me see if we know who John is. And if we know who John is, let me make sure that their contact in my organization is getting back to them. Right. So it, it's all we, we, we work in the constraint of, you know, this is the, the business's data. Right. And we're helping them understand the data that they have. Yeah, I mean, it's a very challenging problem to solve that. I mean, I, I, I can go exactly on for like the that. next two hours, but uh, <laughs> I don't Yeah, no, I know from my experience, like we, we, we try to do that at Sendable as well. Like try to kind of really almost build a CRM within the platform. And it's just, just so so hard. So I can imagine that what you've built must be incredible that it can do all that and uh, kind yeah, of track yeah. it back to the CRM potentially, you know? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, we don't want to hold any data that's not necessary. Again, you know, data is super, super sensitive, right? So we want to understand who's engaging, See if it if it's known by the organization. Uh, if it's known, give the right signal and get out. Right? It's uh, you know the, the the shortest time possible. Uh, but again, you know we, we we believe that if you know if I'm a uh, I'll just throw a name. Uh, you know, if I'm FedEx, for example, and somebody's you know responding to to a Facebook post, right? That as a company, I have the responsibility of of you know, getting back to that person if 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 they have a relationship with me, right? So that's uh, we and we we provide that because right now social is very disconnected from the from the other systems within the, within the organization. Cool. Um, so I'm just curious, like obviously you, you work with enterprise sort of organizations. What has been your most effective channel for acquiring these these types of B2B customers? So uh, for us, the 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 historically the majority of revenue is coming from inbound. As I said, at Nodi, it was like 50, 60%. Octopus is 80, 90%. Uh, you know, I think we have very unique uh, messaging. And, uh, and you know, the, the problem that we're solving for B2B is in, in a super crowded market, right? If you look at, you know, the term Red Ocean, right? If you go to Wikipedia, Red Ocean, I'm sure you're going to see like social media management solutions. That's the definition of Red Ocean, right? There's so many uh, solutions you have, the big three, the big four, and then a really, really long tail of uh, of platforms. And what you know, we're from day one. I don't know if this is out of luck or stupidity, right? We just said we want to focus on one niche within uh, social media management, and that's the B two B. So anyone that 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 is is looking or in search for something for for them. Right, if they're B two B or they're using marketing automation, and they, they they need to 
and they're building their marketing technology stack, uh, they're, they're going to find Octopost. So the, the inbound has been uh, super helpful for us. And again, all the, the content that we, uh, that we generate is, is focused you know, for, for the B2B organizations. We have great content for the practitioners in the B2B. We have amazing content for the, the C-level and, and marketing management in B2B organizations as well. Yeah, I think it's something I noticed as well. So like in the beginning of Sendable, we were all things to all people. You know, we were the, the tool for managing social media for every business. And then over the years, we realized that we have to niche down. Like you have to focus on one particular persona. So we went after the agency market and said, we're the, we're the best tool for agencies. Here's why. And I think that's when our, our, our business really took off. Once we niche down, like, like you guys have done now, you can write content that's, that's written for that particular audience, right? So they, they let's trust you more. Um, and then come to you knowing that you're the, you're the platform for B2B. So I think that's a great move. Yeah, we, we, we're the best B2B social media platform there is uh, by far. And then when we lose to like a company like Sendable, it's really painful because you're, you guys you're not even, don't even claim to be B2B. But I, I was curious, if you're going off to B2B, um, like for us, our, our business was built a lot on like referrals, word of mouth. We never used any advertising and it never really paid off for us. So in the B2B world, how do you generate referrals from those those large sort of enterprise customers, or is it even possible? It, it, it's you know we, we spoke about measurement in marketing and the importance of understanding marketing activity. How does that translate into ROI and leads and pipeline influence? So I can say one also for Octopost, we haven't cracked the code on advertising. Uh, you know, for us, it's it's not something that that, that we, we manage to scale in any aspect on on the demand gen. Uh, and I think that's maybe another topic that, that you and I should discuss uh, at another time. Uh, but when it comes to referrals, 100% we're getting the referrals. Uh, it's really, really difficult to, to, to measure because it's not online, right? This is word of, literally word of mouth, right? And, and, you know, many, many times, and this is, because we don't have it as a science, but more of you know what we're hearing in the market and lots of gut feeling is that people come to Octopus, oh, I heard about it from a colleague at a different company. Oh, I just you know, started this job here at this company and my boss said I should look at Octopus because they used it over there. And, and, and you know, we, we're seeing that a lot. Unfortunately, we're not, it's not you know, fully documented and we can't say X amount of revenue or X pipeline or X leads is... It's coming from word to mouth, but it's 100% there. And, 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 and how do we reinforce that? Uh, it, it's all about customer service, right? It's, it's you know, putting the, the, the customer first and giving them the, the white glove experience because everybody here at Octopost, we know that our success is 100% based on their success. So, what, you know, we, we're, we're here to, to make sure that our customers are success, successful as soon as they, they become an Octopus customer, the contract that they sign, whatever services onboarding they got, that's put into the drawer because it doesn't matter, right? We'll do whatever we can above and beyond uh, to, to make them successful. And I think that's when, when they see that, that level of service and, and, and uh, whether they get from Octopus and the experience that they're getting, that's what triggers the referral and the word to mouth. And, oh, we use it here. We should use it there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess you want them to be like happy customers for life almost. So if they change jobs, start other companies or work somewhere else, whatever it is, they take Octopus with them almost. And, you know? and, and marketers change job, right? If you see the, what, you know, what's the average like, CMO VP marketing, it's like two to three years. 
right? So you want to leave that that good impression, and it comes on. You know, they'll they'll take Octopus to the to the next company they join. So I know with Octopus, just to offer employee advocacy tools. Now we we try to do this at Sendable, like manually driving advocacy, getting employees to kind of share the love. Never really worked for us. It just never never got people actually to share the stuff. Uh, how can businesses, from your experience, kind of do employee advocacy properly? Interesting. So one, that's the wrong question because I want to answer the question like, why did you figure out that you need advocacy in the product? And then I'll, I'll talk about how. So the the, the why is the, is uh, is the interesting because if you remember. In the early days, we, we had the great opportunity of posting to, to LinkedIn groups, right? Yes, it was very buggy in the beginning, but everybody, all the marketers wanted to post to LinkedIn groups, right? Uh, this was a very easy way to get to audiences that aren't following you specifically on LinkedIn, right? So if you look at a, a, a B2B company page, right, it's not going to have millions of followers, right? Maybe hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. And when you're looking at the groups on LinkedIn, your audience or your reach is much, much greater than your owned uh, audience that, that, you know, that, that are liking or following your company page. And then, you know, I think we all got that, that email that group API is going away. And uh, we had to think, right, you know, businesses, they're enjoying being part of that ecosystem of, of LinkedIn groups because they, ha- one, have content to share, and and they and by sharing that content, they're also being able to create relationships, and, and you know those relationships can translate into leads, etc. And when that was taken away, we, we try to understand, you know, B two B organizations they need amplification. They can't rely just on their own social networks, the LinkedIn company page, Facebook company page, Twitter accounts, because it, it's not enough, right? It's it's, you know, even a, you know, B2B, 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 at the end of the day, this is P2P, right? It's a person selling to a person, building a relationship with a, with, with a person, right? You know, I'll, I'll, you know, follow you on LinkedIn. Most likely, you know, we're connected. I'm going to read your posts as Gavin. I'm not going to read sendable posts, right? That, that's, that, that's the way it is. And that's what triggered the idea of advocacy because it's basically you're doing the same thing as LinkedIn groups. You're expanding to a network that you don't own right, through your most important assets, which are the advocates of the organization. So one, there's huge benefit for the business, and this is called what we call amplification, but there's also a huge benefit for the advocate. It builds thought leadership within their network, right? You know, we had a discussion about building win-win, uh, you know, relationships, and this is win-win, right? Good for the company and also good for the for the advocate, right? So they can share content on their personal networks and start to build their personal brand and their uh, thought leadership within the industry. And and I think it, it, it's all about, you know, putting the customer first. Uh, we have to think, who are the advocates of the organization? These aren't the marketers, right? They love working in the platforms. These are the salespeople, service people, customer success, not only the customer-facing uh, employees of the organization. And you know, you, you know sales as much as I know sales, right? You can't give them another platform to use, right? They have to be 100% focused on sales and everything else is a distraction. And what, what, we, what we're trying to do, and we're continuously uh, evolving, is getting that social content to the advocates, not having the advocates come to the social content, right? So from day one, we have the web interface, but then you have to go to it. So then you have the email alerts and the emails are 
tell the poor advocate, they won't send an advocate, hey, you have to share this or would like you to share this piece of content, right, if they shared it already. So each email is personalized uh, for the advocate. We have the mobile apps on Android and on iOS. Uh, then we have it embedded inside Salesforce. So if you're a rep and you're in Salesforce 24-7, you don't have to leave Salesforce. You don't have to sign in. You don't have to remember another user and another password. You click on the social advocacy and you share your content directly from Salesforce. And we also added recently Microsoft Teams as well. So it's within, you don't even have to know that Octopost exists, right? So it's instead of expecting the, the advocate to get to the content, we'll do the legwork and make sure the content is getting to the advocate. It's brilliant. <laughs> so you kind of remove the friction from the process. It, really. it, exactly. Exactly. It's removing yeah. as, as much friction as you can. And then from the business's perspective, how do they measure success of advocacy? So, you know, the, the, the success, again, the, the, you know, when we, we, what we know how to do very well is following a click all the way down to what we call a conversion. Right. If this is a, a, a webinar registration, a white paper download. And that's at the end of the day, when you're looking at the B2B marketing funnel, right? Somewhere at the top, you know, after awareness, you want to capture that name, right? So when, when, when the advocates are sharing the content and they're getting clicks on their content and those clicks will eventually lead to uh, registration. Uh, of you know whatever they have you know and it doesn't matter if they're using their web forms Marketo or Eloqua we know how to how to tie that connection and say hey this guy that just registered to the webinar not only did they come from social but it came from Sarah's post that she posted on LinkedIn right and and and, and you know that, that 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 knowledge that integration again it's all about understanding where are my leads coming from because that's a with all the technology that we have today, you know, it's it, it's still not easy to say or to answer the question, where are my leads coming from? And, and getting down to the resolution, this is a post that Sarah sent that uh, David wrote, and it came out of this Octopus campaign or was posted on this time on LinkedIn. It's, it's you know, that, that resolution of data is what Octopus brings to the customers. So just a techie question here, but like yeah. um, when they're sharing the content, is that going through your APIs or are you linking directly to the platforms? So when they're sharing the content, we're going through the APIs. Uh, it's okay. being shared through the APIs, uh, but the link that's in the content is, is, is off the post link. So it's trackable. So it's trackable. Right? And we'll create a unique link for every single post that goes out there. If you have one piece of content that shared a thousand with a thousand employees, there's a thousand links. Right. So we're always able, and this is then, you know, we're, not relying on, on on social network APIs and not relying on any of their data, right? That that the the, the tracking from advocacy, sending out posts all the way down to conversion, right, is is one hundred percent Octopus technology with zero, uh, you know, reliancy on 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 anyone else. Yeah. You know, besides the reliancy between Octopus and the customer that they have our tracking code on their website. Mm. Right, just like you put. So I assume you could you could like have this this kind of overview of which employees are generating the most leads or the most clicks, almost like but, a leaderboard, right? But, but, but most definitely, right? But then yeah. because that information is now in Salesforce and in your CRM, you can track it all the way down to revenue, right? Because as soon as as soon as you're able to understand where your leads are coming from and to provide that accurate attribution, 
then following that all the way down the funnel into pipeline is is we've had this technology for 20 years yeah so yeah so you can you can definitely do that and it, and also doesn't so, stop on yeah. leads you see that you know i think a hot topic today is, is recruitment right everybody's looking for employees and employees then only get rewarded when you know a friend brings a friend and you know they're, they're encouraged to share it on social so they can bring more people and you can use advocacy to to track that as well Right, so a submission is not necessarily elite submission. It could be someone submitting their resume on your website, right? So there's a form submission there, and then we can tie that together. I'm just, I'm just thinking and putting myself in the shoes of someone at these these enterprise organizations. Like, have you come across any fear of sort of giving their employees a voice almost on social media and what they might say? Like, let's say it's a disgruntled employee and they've had a bad experience, being more vocal about it because they're so used to sharing, you know. So, yeah, I think one, we, we used to hear these things maybe a few years ago. I don't believe we, we hear it anymore as socials become more involved. Uh, but back then, you know, I'll take this kind of as a sales objection, right? Your, your employees, they're on social anyway. They don't need your approval to post on LinkedIn, right? This is their profile on LinkedIn. It's their LinkedIn account. It's nothing to do with your business. So, that's that's one. What what we're providing with the advocacy is basically suggested content that they can post on the, on the, on their networks, right? If there's a gruntled employee and they want to you know, put not nice things out there, and they, they can do it with without to post. They don't need anybody anyone's permission, right? So, but what we do have is you know there, there might be some kind of liability to the organization. If the employee is posting through a platform that was acquired by the organization, right? So if the employee, that advocate is posting through Octopost to uh, a social network and then they're saying things they shouldn't say, right, there could be some liability there. So, for example, lots of our customers that are in the financial services and, 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 and banking and there, you're not, as an employee, you're not allowed to you know, promise some kind of uh, you know, interest, uh, that you'll be getting from an investment, right? So there are certain keywords that you, as an employee, you're just not allowed to say. So we have those safety features within and those compliance features within Octopost to, if they want to block certain keywords, they, they, they uh, you know, we, we have that ability. So, so we're protect, protecting the company that they, if they are using, you know, company purchase SaaS solutions, right, that whatever's going out is compliant with the organization. Yeah, so um, Paul Graham from YC famously says, do things that don't scale. Uh, so I know you kind of scale up now, you're expanding, you've raised all this capital. Um, but could you share sort of one unscalable thing that you did over the eight years that helped get Octopus to where you are today? So, yeah, I think it's not something in general. I think it's the, the way I am as a, as, a, as a person. You know, for me, one of my mantras is the devil is in the details. Uh, I, I'm super, super detailed oriented, you know, when it comes to business product, uh, you know, even, even systems that, that, that make the, the, the business run, right. You know, when I was marketing in the last few positions, I'm you know technical person, graduate computer science. So, you know, for me getting into those, you know, fine, fine, fine details is, uh, it's not only important, it's also fun. Uh, you know, I think, you know, as Octopus scale, it's hard to get out, right? Because I need people that are at least as detailed oriented as I am, right? And and 
and I'm super detail oriented. So one, it's you know, it, it, it's hard to you know to 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 find that type of talent or the the people. I think when we've made amazing hires in in, in the past couple of years, uh, you know, right now we're 40 employees worldwide, based in Israel, London, and UK, and we're we're growing. 25% to 50 by the end of the month and then 60 by, by the end of the year. And, you know, you know, I think, you know, that, that it, it's, it's going to be hard to scale up, right. If I, if, you know, if I don't let go of the things that, although I really enjoy doing, right. You know, I have to let go of, you know, specific responsibilities that are in the details. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm similar. I, I was in that position like two years ago. <laughs> where I wanted to be like A-B testing the marketing site or getting involved in the code, you know, uh, writing user stories for product. But uh, I had to let go. Like the only way for it to scale and grow was when I took a step back and said, here's the vision, here's where we're going and just giving everyone sort of KPIs and goals to work on and like OKRs. Um, even though it wasn't fun for me personally, you know, I had to step back and really paid off for the company. You know? So yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough position to be in at, at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned code. So like, they they kicked me out of the code base years ago. They won't let me touch it. Yeah, it's the same with. I used to like uh, fix the bug. So I'd, I'd speak to a customer. They tell me about a bug. I'd go in there at night, quickly fix it, ship it, and there'd be all these other bugs that came about because of my release. So I used to annoy the whole team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've no no access anymore. It's been quite a few years. So is there anything that you really miss that you don't do anymore that you used to do? This, uh, uh, you know, I think. Uh, I will. I wouldn't say miss because new things are coming on. You know, you know, you know, maybe even better than I know. You know, as a company changes faces, right? You have you know new. Uh, I wouldn't say issues. You know, but but, but you know, new things to attack and to figure out and to and to improve and to and and to grow. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying the the, the change. Uh, you know, I think it's important for everyone, you know, from you know founders, CEOs, all the way in every single employee. It's such a such a fast moving uh, organization and, and fast growing organization to keep up with the change, right? So it's it's the the the, the constant change. Uh, you know, for me, is fun, and you know, I think that the question was something about like things that I I don't like doing. Uh, it, for me. Whatever you do, octopus, not octopus, sendable. It's I come from a place where if it's not fun, it's not worth it, right? And 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 you know, one in in every job, if you call it like go down to the level of a job, there are things that you don't like doing, right? Sometimes I don't like I get an email, I don't like replying to certain people, right? You know, whatever. But you have to do it, but it's not it's not the essence of of what you're doing on on a grand scale, and on the grand scale. I believe you should you should be enjoying what you do, and then you know those things that that you you, you less enjoy it, it, it becomes really insignificant. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, something you mentioned earlier was about you kind of growing your team now. So you've got forty, you're going to fifty, then sixty. What are you doing to ensure that, this, that the uh, culture remains intact as you kind of scale up? So uh, I think that the, the culture at Octopost. In one between the octoposters, as, as we call them, and also between octopost and, and, and the customers, and we have a whole podcast uh, around this. is is radically transparent. Right, this is an open books company. You know, whoever has sales for, sorry, whoever has access to Salesforce, uh, you know, sales, CS, almost everyone besides the let's say dev or product, maybe. Right, everything is open. Right, the numbers are open. The what we 
succeeded, what we failed in, you know, product roadmaps are open, yeah, meetings that, that we have, it doesn't matter who you are with an organization, right? Everybody is here to, to, to help each other and to contribute to the team. Because at the end of the day, we know it's, uh, it's, it has to be a team effort, right? If my salespeople aren't selling, it's not good for me, right? If they succeeded in selling, right, I'm going to be the, the, the first one to benefit, right? So, you know, whatever I do as CEO, whatever my management team does with their respective positions, it's constantly to provide that open, transparent value to the, to the rest of the organization. And, and, and keeping that as the core DNA of Octopost is something that the, we'll be working on and, 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 and you know, making sure that as we bring in a new management or from promote within, that, that we're keeping that openness, the transparency and the, and the value add that comes from top down. That's, that's a good answer. I think for me personally, like I, I wasn't very transparent for a long time. You know, I used to keep all the numbers close to me, not share it. Then, um, yeah, I think the last five years started opening up. So I showed our kind of our MRR numbers, new MRR, our churn rate, everything was public. And then I started assigning KPIs to individuals. So giving them ownership, something that felt like they were really contributing to the, towards the company. And like really, I think that, that, I think that, that autonomy and transparency really helped just keep the culture together, especially as we went more remote. So we've kind of adapted to remote working, even hired people remotely. It's very hard to kind of show what the culture is without having having strong values, you know? Yeah. So, so then we take it to the extreme. And this is a way, the way I was kind of mentored or what I see from, you know, previous uh, CEOs that I, that I worked for is that especially transparency in numbers. Like, you know, although we have 99.9% in, in Salesforce when it comes to the reporting numbers and the, the marketing numbers and sales numbers, you know, I do keep like one, just one Excel spreadsheet uh, where I can consolidate everything into a format that's maybe a little bit easier to read. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that, that summary, it, I open it up and to the employees, we have a meeting once a month or once, a, I think now we do it once a quarter. And we go through all the numbers, right? From growth to churn to revenue, ARR to how much cash we have in the bank, everything. Because we, you know, we're a part of the same shit, right? And if, if if they one one, I think it's super interesting that you have you know, the the day of the product, the sales. They don't always have the opportunity to understand how a business is run, but they're a part of the business, right? So and 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 giving that exposure and explaining this is what it means, and this is what the churn means, this is what the retention means, and this is what we need to do as a business, and you know even explaining like you know that 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 churn is the hole in the bucket. It doesn't matter how much you put in the top. In new business, if you have churn, you can't grow. And 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 giving that visual and explanation, I think it 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 one is received it received well. But it, in my opinion, it provides tremendous value to the employee. They 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 it's they, they belong to a company that that and then they can understand where the contribution is. Just want to say, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to actually meet you in person after following your journey for so many years. Likewise. Um, so we, we have a mix of mix of founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs listening in. Where can they find you online? I assume you're on LinkedIn. The, the, the best is on uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I keep my my professional network. If you want anything specific, it's Daniel at Octopost.com. Uh, you know, there's always the dilemma on LinkedIn. Do you connect with people you don't know or do you keep it as a professional network? Uh, I, I keep LinkedIn as more of a people that I know so I can really use it as a network if I need, need connections, etc. Uh, 
So if you really, if you want to chat, no problem. Daniel at is the best. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much, Daniel.